0: Hi there. The WARC Awards for Effectiveness are back for 2024 and they have evolved. We're looking for campaigns that celebrate strategic brilliance and effective impact across 12 categories and five new regional shows, including Asia Pacific. The great news is that you just need to enter once for the chance to win in your region and be in line for the Global Grand Prix announced during Cannes Lions Week, where you can prove your campaign is one of the most effective in the world. I'm Rika Facundo, WARC's Asia editor. And for those who know me, you know I'm all about championing the brilliant, creative, and strategic work coming out of our region on a global stage. We're open for entries now. Make sure you catch that early bird deadline on December 12th. But if you're too busy thinking about the holidays already, then the final deadline is on February 6th. For more information on the fees and regions covered, head to WARC.com to download your entry pack now. Strategic brilliance, effective impact, It's the award shows you've been waiting for.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this WALK podcast. My name is Adi Kishore, and I'm the Insight Director at WALK. Now, some of you may already know WALK launched a framework for building a culture of creative effectiveness at Cannes earlier this year. This was in conjunction with Can Lions and the US Association of National Advertisers. The goal of the study was to better understand the disconnect between the proven impact that creativity has on marketing communication and the reluctance and lack of support for creative investment in the real world. What we found was that the problem was culture, the belief systems that were institutionalized within many brand organizations. So we spent a large part of the last year developing a framework to help brands understand and address this problem. We were only able to do this with the generous help of several leading marketers. These are brands that, based on our research methodology, have delivered campaigns that were both creatively excellent but also extremely effective in delivering their stated goals. Since the release of the study at Cannes this year, we've been running a series of podcasts with guests from some of these performer brands, this includes McDonald's and Procter & Gamble in previous episodes. We're delighted to welcome another such brand today. Sareen Patilanath, Senior Director, Marketing Effectiveness at Mars, is with us today. Welcome, Sareen. Thank you, Adi. Nice to be here and thank you for having me on this podcast. It's an absolute pleasure and we appreciate you making the time. Um, look, we're, we're keen to kind of dig into how Mars kind of developed its journey or began its journey into creative effectiveness. And so I, I'm keen to kind of understand, you know, we've done all this work around creative effectiveness. You've been a big part of that study. What we really want to sort of uh, share with some of our listeners is kind of how did all of this start? Was it a person, a campaign, a particular business situation that set you on this journey? It started a long time ago. I think um, I'm very proud of the fact that Mars was
2: one of the pioneers in this journey of building a culture of creative effectiveness or marketing effectiveness. And uh, it started all over 12 years ago, uh, before I joined this, slightly before I joined the company, um, there was a, a clear desire to embrace uh, academic perspective. Uh, there was a... Uh, uh, a strong passion to to embrace data and, and analytics. And uh, we came across like uh, this very unknown uh, university from South Australia that uh, all of a sudden now is like on top of everyone's lips. So yes, I mean, it started with Byron Sharp. It started with our CMO at that time, Bruce McCall, uh, and with the other CMOs, uh, Jane Wakeley, uh, Leonid Sudakov. So a lot of people gathered together to embrace science and transform science. Uh, into into clear um, actions for uh, for the organization.
1: And how how sort of how easy was it, or how much of a challenge was it to bring the sort of C suite along? Did you need to kind of sell in the idea to the CEO or the C suite, um, or was it already a sort of sense that creativity and and, and sort of marketing kind of went hand in hand?
2: We're still selling the idea to the CEO, so um, I, I think the 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 magic in what we did was that we we went for uh, the hard facts. We went for behavioral data. We understood what drives brand growth and sales and penetration are. What drives brand growth. And everything that we measured around, uh, co- uh, around creative effectiveness was through a lens of sales. So sales was the one and only measure of success. And that could, have easily, could easily be turned into a return on ad spend. Um, it could easily get into uh, finance dashboards and it could easily be talked about. By the CFO. So I, I strongly feel that if we would have chosen a measure of prompted uh, or unprompted awareness or anything around brand equity to, to build that, uh, that culture, it would have been a marketing conversation. It would have not been a, an enter- enterprise wide conversation.
1: Yeah, and that's that's certainly something you know we've, we've heard from, from almost all of the sort of performer brands in this study, that all of them have been able to find that kind of direct link with uh, sales or revenue in some way. And, and that becomes really critical in terms of communication with the CEO. Um, I guess what, what, what I'm sort of interested in is then, then how does that sort of evolve? Like in terms of uh, one, once the organization says, look, this is something we want to look at and we want to develop. Uh, What was the organizational structure around that? So who holds responsibility for effectiveness within the organization? And how is that, you know, how does that responsibility kind of spread across the organization? Who does what? Basically, what's centralized, what's distributed?
2: So the person in charge is the chief marketing officer. I mean, he's driving the vision or she uh, is driving. They are driving the vision. They are... uh, creating the story around the culture of effectiveness, but they're not the ones who are actually doing the the work. Um, I mean, in the case of Mars, um, this work was done uh, in a central organization, part of the consumer insight function, uh, which I am part of. Uh, It's called Mars Horizon. Um, And this team had the benefit of overseeing all uh, business units all regions and enabling a single um, definition of uh, criteria of success or a single definition of uh, what uh, data are we going to use to, to measure uh, the effectiveness of advertising or, or effectiveness of content.
1: Got it. And how do you, how do you measure sort of creativity in particular? Is that so... A-
2: I think w- going back to the desire to embrace science, uh, we were very strict in finding the best uh, best-in-class methods to to understand the causation of seeing an ad and the impact in the market. So we we took uh, we took uh, inspiration from uh, from academia to, to invest in consumer household panel, um, what we used to call single source data sets. It was not very popular when we started investing in it. It has become a um, um, the way in which we, in this industry, we do digital attribution. Uh, but back to 15 years ago when it started, it was very, very immature. Um, data was not extremely clean and the costs were skyrocketing. Uh, however, we knew that uh, as everybody else knows, creative is two-thirds of the of the impact, so therefore we said um, if we're spending uh, upwards of $1 billion on advertising, we should spend uh, a lot to understand if that advertising works or not. So we started using uh, uh, household-level consumer panels uh, in Europe, but also in the US, in China, in Australia. Um, and these household panels come from various data sources. Some are loyalty card uh, data sets, some are representative panels, some are even uh, ad-hoc panels that are built by, by various external research companies. And to keep, the, to keep the consistency, we've developed an in-house methodology and we've built an in-house analytics team that would take that data, <clears throat> bring it uh, into Mars, uh, run the analytics, and then ensure that the output is consistent across brands, across markets, across geographies, even if the input data was uh, was at times relatively inconsistent and, uh, and ambiguous. So that's how we, we started 15 years ago. And since then we've built a, uh, a huge database of over 4,000 uh, sales performance uh, measurements that has helped us both to better understand what elements of creative work, what campaign type of campaigns work, but also it has helped us along the way to identify new methods of looking at uh, what uh, type of content works, uh, especially through neuro, neurosciences.
1: That's, that's an interesting point. And I know that Mars's work with ACE, your pre-testing platform is, is sort of widely recognized in the industry. Can you talk a little bit about its development and kind of how that came about?
2: I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that it's uh, widely uh, known in the industry because it is an internal tool. It is ACE is uh, the acronym for Agile Content uh, Expertise. Um, It is the conclusion of seven years of internal research on um, neuromarketing and uh, it started from, uh, from the recognition that measuring in-market sales uh, success takes time uh, and it's not very suitable for the agile world in which we live in. Uh, Marketeers are asking me for, uh, for, for results for their ad testing in hours, not in weeks or months, uh, the old timelines that uh, sales-based in-market studies would take the ability to basically test experiments, to test various types of creatives um, at a relatively inexpensive price uh, were the callings for to build ACE. So ACE is uh, bringing uh, neurosciences, the in-lab neurosciences learnings uh, into a mobile uh, device and into a mobile uh, world. ACE is our uh, ad testing solution, our pre-testing and in-flight solution that uh, that focuses on attention, Distraction, emotional loading, and uh, time in view, which are all KPIs we've proven to have a strong correlation with sales. AC uh, is something we've launched internally and has had, had a, a lot of success. But we, I'm not hiding that uh, we're starting several conversations with our uh, non-compete peers, sets, because there is interest in uh, evolving this capability. For, for Mars, this is a great recognition of our constant innovation in creative measurement, but also uh, an opportunity to to close the gaps in areas where we probably are not best in class. Uh, I think other companies, uh, and I can, I can name a few, like McDonald's or Boston Beer, have uh, some creative constructs that we look up to. And therefore, we would love to learn a little bit more of what makes them tick.
1: Interesting. And, and there's certainly, I think, opportunities for that kind of collaboration to help move the industry forward. It's great to hear you say that. One of the things, just sort of slightly switching tracks, one of the things that has come up repeatedly in our research is kind of the relationship with the agencies and uh, how, you know, that's a really critical aspect of delivering creative effectiveness how do you work with your agencies? Do you have sort of a standard approach, and and you know how did that sort of develop? I don't know how we work. I, I
2: think we work quite well. Um, I it's up to the agencies to to tell us that. I think both our media and content or creative agencies are very much in into our program of marketing effectiveness uh, because I think they realize that. Uh, performance uh, drives uh, the right win-win behaviors both in the agency but also in uh, in Mars. Um, as everywhere they were part of the journey from the start and um, this culture of effectiveness is also something that is very much uh, building on our uh, on our history with those agencies I mean, I don't think there are a lot of advertisers that can claim that their partnership with their creative agency is one of 50 plus years. But that's the case for Mars. And um, I think another thing that helps is that we don't have a rooster of uh, 20,000 agencies. We have two, three, let's say, big uh, creative hubs and we have one media agencies and agency and that's about it so i think uh, concentrating uh, our resources into building strong partnership with very few uh, big names in uh, in the agency space has helped uh, both mars but also the agencies to create a name for themselves
1: um, in terms of sort of evangelizing or communicating sort of the value of creative effectiveness within the marketing team or within the organization, do you have any processes for that? Because one thing we've we've sort of heard is that, uh, you know, in, in order to sort of really embed that culture of creativeness, creative effectiveness, you need to kind of communicate it across the organization at, at sort of pretty much every opportunity you get.
2: That's my favorite topic. I think uh, everybody can build a measurement platform. Everybody can uh, um, can focus measurement on on the right uh, tools, but just measuring is not enough. I think you're right, Adi, in saying that uh, this is a very crucial part of the the entire process. Um, Evangelizing or spreading the message is uh, is using all possible channels to basically transmit uh, the desire to improve when it comes to to creative. And you can only do that if your message is uh, is simple is simple enough to to travel. Um, to give you an example, the way we t- we um, we score creative uh, through through our uh, ad testing solutions is to simply provide a star rating um, to the marketeers. A one, a two, a three or a four star rating and that's the only thing that they receive um, for an in-market test. Uh, but that star rating is simple enough to travel across geographies, it's simple enough to to provide the, the right behavior, internal behavior uh, on what to do next. And it seem, it removes a bit the ambiguity from the marketeer. Uh, I think the ambiguity sits f- within the insight function. Um, that's the role of us uh, as insights professional to enable marketers to make that decision because we are not making the decisions. we're providing the, the tools, we're providing the data. But keeping the ambiguity on our side was always my uh, my priority to simplify the variables and to make it easier, I think, for our marketeer colleagues to make that, uh, that decision. Because sometimes that decision is not easy. I mean, you've invested half of a year building a campaign. You've probably recruited a top celebrity uh, endorser. And then once you go into testing, you find out that it's underperforming and there's no way you can actually improve it. So it takes a lot of guts to basically say no and to, to stop that campaign. But we have some examples of campaigns that we, we took off air after a couple of weeks while they were planned to go for months or even years.
1: That's interesting. And I, I think that sort of gets me to kind of a, uh, the big question, which is, you know, all of this has gone into developing a series of systems and processes and influencing the culture at Mars. You know, what what are sort of the benefits that the brand has got out of it? Can, is, are there tangible things that you can kind of point to that have come out of this?
2: Yes. Um, the biggest tangible benefit is the growth of those brands. I mean, we... We see a clear growth trajectory for the brands that have better content. Uh, and, and while it's uh, while we I'm I'm humble enough to uh, to understand that advertising or content or creative is just one part of marketing, and marketing is only one part of uh, the levers that that brand can pull. So it's it's very difficult to to basically claim that. Just because you have great content, uh, you're growing double digit. But uh, b- but I, we have data internally to prove that there is a strong link between those brands that are performing well when it comes to content and those brands that are performing well in market overall. Because there are some halo effects that, um, that travel throughout the organization. Uh, I think a, a brand that has consistently uh, executed great campaigns also benefits for a better motivation from the field force, also benefits from a better relationship with, uh, with our retailer partners. So there is a, a flywheel working there to, to basically ensure the growth of that brand. So we have data, uh, we can show the link, uh, but it's not straightforward uh, causation uh, here, I would say.
1: I guess my final question then, uh, Seren, is... Do you have any advice for other brands that are at an earlier stage and are just sort of commencing this journey? Like are there two or three key things that you would you would recommend to them? So first of all, I don't think there are many brands who are commencing their journey.
2: I think uh, we are all at different stages of the journey, but uh, almost everyone I speak to is already in the journey. Um, if I could think of some things that would make that journey smoother, I think... Number one would be uh, if you've chosen your path, stick to that path. Uh, this is not... Building a culture of effectiveness doesn't take a year. It takes years and years. And. Uh, once you started on a path uh, and you change that path, uh, you're basically starting from scratch. So, so make sure that you're consistent and you don't get bored. You don't get bored of the way you measure creative because you think that something new and cool and sexy has come. So, so I think that would be my uh, my number one advice: stay away from from the cool and the new and be consistent. Um, as always, 80/20. I mean, you will never be able to measure all of your content. Um, we have uh, we have rules in place uh, at Mars that we want to measure at least 70% of our uh, of our content. Uh, and there's a long tail of content that uh, on which we don't spend as much dollars, as much media dollars, that we are okay to not measure or to use. I would say less stricter ways of uh, of measuring success. And then have fun in the process. I think you were uh, you were referencing the the awards and uh, the internal um, the internal uh, evangelizing, do some awards, uh, uh, make some internal processes to to dedicate time and energy to the ad of the year or the ad of the month. Uh, use this kind of uh, instant communication tools to spread the message. Uh, and I think if the if the criteria of success is simple and well understood, uh, that message travels very fast and travels beyond marketing and travels to the CEO. And also outside, because uh, we at Mars have used a lot this uh, culture of effectiveness and the the way we've built our brands as a recruitment strategy for our our marketeers, and it works.
1: Brilliant. Uh, Fascinating stuff, uh, Serene, and thanks so much for sharing your insight. Uh, I think this is kind of a key topic, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about uh, in coming months. There's certainly plenty more on this topic on WALK.com, including the uh, white paper titled Building a Culture of Creative Effectiveness that we released at Cannes earlier this year. So for subscribers, please feel free to take a look. And do remember to subscribe to the WALK podcast on your preferred podcast platform so you catch all of our episodes. Once again, thank you very much, Sorin, for joining us and to all the listeners for tuning in. Thank you.